your Bibles today, if you will, and turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number two. That was beautiful, Lori. Thank you. Matthew chapter number two in your Bibles. Uh, we were in Matthew, we've been in Matthew one several times in the last little bit, but uh, I want to move over to Matthew chapter two today and maybe show you something that you've read probably many times, but maybe you never noticed it quite in this, uh, in this fashion. And so Matthew chapter number two, when you find your places this morning, let's all stand out of respect for the reading of God's word, if we're able, that is. Matthew 2 and verse number 1, we'll begin there. The Bible says, Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. We'll stop there today, and you may be seated, but I want to draw your attention to verse number one. Verse number one is our text. And read this the other day, and man, it was like it literally... As Brother Brandon prayed just a moment ago, it was like it leaped off the page, and I never noticed these words. Verse 1 says, now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, notice these words, in the days of Herod, in the days of Herod, and man, I read that, and I thought, wow, wow, I've never noticed that. You say, Pastor, what's the big deal about about those words? I'm getting ready to show you what the big deal is. And so before we do that, though, let us pray. And we'll jump right into this Bible study this morning. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. It's been a good service, good service, great service. We just thank you for, Lord, the good spirit that's here today. We thank you for the wonderful crowd, Lord, that's in the house of the Lord. And, Lord, we just appreciate all the music and the singing And uh, Lord, just the beautiful playing of the instruments today, Lord, I was just sitting there, Lord, just thinking how how grateful we ought to be and how thankful I am, Lord, for all these musicians that you've blessed us with. And uh, we just thank you, Father. My goodness, you're so so good to us and and such a blessing, and, and we just praise you. Father, forgive us. Forgive me for anything in our lives that could even begin to be a hindrance to the Holy Spirit. And Spirit of God, I pray now that you'd come in mighty power. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help me as I try to convey the truth that you laid upon my heart in the, uh, Lord, in the, in, in the silence and the secrecy of the study. God, help me now as I try to, try to share this with your people. Lord, please bind the powers of darkness. And Lord, don't let the devil distract from the message, especially today. And Lord, I pray that those that need the Lord would come to the Lord Those that need encouragement would find it today. God bless through the live stream even. And all that's done, I pray, would honor you and glorify you. We love you. We ask you for your help now. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Again, look at verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Notice that phrase, in the days of Herod. And I want to get that in your mind. I really do. I thought about just reading that over and over and over because I, 
I want that, I want that statement to, to resonate in your mind. In the days of Herod, in the days of Herod, the Lord Jesus Christ was born in the days of Herod. You say, preacher, I'm not getting it yet. Think about it. In the days of Herod, what a, what a, what a statement. And one that I, although like you, I've read many, many times, but I never really noticed it like I noticed it this time, that Jesus was born of all times in the days of Herod. What? In the days of Herod? Now, now, now think, think about it. Often in the plot of a story or a movie that you might like, we find parts of the cast in that movie or that story that portray the good guys. They're the guys with the white hats on. They're the respectable movie stars or the, respect, the respectable uh, cast members or stars in that specific story or that music. But quite often, there's an actor also in that movie or that story that's referred to as the co-star. He's not the star, but he is the co-star because he plays a major role in that story, although he's portraying the bad guy. King Herod is most definitely a major figure in Matthew chapter two. You say, pastor, he's the bad guy. You got that right <laughs> in a lot of ways that I'll share with you here in just a little bit. But I, as I read this the other day, I thought, wow, if, there is a, if there's such a thing as a co-star in Matthew chapter two, Herod's the guy. If there is another actor, if there's another cast member in the Christmas story who plays a major, major role, although he is a very bad guy, it is without a doubt King Herod. In fact, in Matthew chapter two, we notice that he is mentioned numerous times. In fact, 13 out of 23 verses make references to Herod by name. If you go back and read Matthew chapter two, there are at least 23 pronouns or adjectives that point to King Herod in 23 verses. In other words, church, pretty much this co-star is mentioned 23 times out of 23 times, out of 23 verses. Now, accident, there's no accident in this book. You see, there's a reason for that. The Holy Spirit is trying to make sure that we don't miss a very important lesson. And the lesson is this, that Christ came in a very difficult time. Jesus was born in the days of Herod. That's saying a lot. That, that although we may, maybe you never have noticed that before, you just said a mouthful. Jesus was born in the days of Herod. In the days of Herod. Now, think about, think, think, think about it like this. If you go back and study your Old Testament, the, the history of Israel and Judah, you'll find out that throughout Israel's history that there were quite a few kings who did reign in righteousness. You'll find that there were Jewish kings who were concerned about doing God's will. You'll find there were Jewish kings who, uh, who, who God even used to bring about revival in the kingdom. For instance, we all know about a man by the name of David. Well, David was the king. In fact, our Bible says about King David that David was a man after God's own heart. Then I think about David's son, Solomon, King Solomon. 
Boy, think about Solomon. Solomon was used to, to literally build a house for the Lord. Up until that time, the house of God is really still meeting in tents. And, and God uses King Solomon to, to build a house for the Lord. And once they get that temple built, the glory of the Lord literally fills the temple of God. Then I thought about a man by the name of King Jehoshaphat. The Bible tells us that King Jehoshaphat was a worshiper of God and that he uh, made sure that his people worshiped the Lord. And then I thought about King Hezekiah. Y'all remember the story about King Hezekiah? The Bible says he was sick and God sent Isaiah to his house and said, set thine house in order, you're gonna die. And the Bible says about King Hezekiah that he, he, he pointed his, his face to the wall and he prayed and he begged God. And the Bible says that God turned Isaiah around and Isaiah came back and said, God heard your prayer and he's extending your life 15 more years. And God used Hezekiah and Hezekiah was, was, was privileged to see miracle after miracle after miracle. And then I couldn't, I couldn't stop this until I mentioned King Josiah. Well, King Josiah was one of the youngest kings that ever reigned eight years old when he took the throne eight years old it was king josiah that repaired the house of god and during that time the law of god was discovered and judah experienced revival pastor what's your point would it not have been better for christ to be born in the days of jehoshaphat would it not have been better for the Bible to say in the days of Josiah, Jesus was born? In the days of Solomon, in the days of Hezekiah, when revival is breaking out, would that not be a better time for Jesus Christ to be born? But in the days of Herod, really? Come on now. In the days of Herod? You know what God is saying here? You know what the Bible is telling us? That God sent his Savior at a most inopportune time. When everything seemed, oh yes, good neighbor, hang on tight, amen. When everything seemed to be falling apart, when everything seemed to be at its worst, when time seemed to be at its very darkest moment, a Savior came. In the days of Herod, a time when Israel's leadership was far from perfect in the days of Herod. Again, get that, in the days of Herod. Did you know that Herod was the Jewish king, but not even a full-blooded Jew? Uh, they believed that, that Herod's grandmother was of Jewish descent, but Herod was placed as the Jewish king by Rome, and, and Israel hated Rome. And yet Rome is the one that put Herod into, into position. And so Herod, I want you to understand that Herod was basically a puppet of Rome, the Roman Empire. He was a, I'm not gonna ask this how many love politicians. Maybe there might even be some politicians in there. I don't know, but I'm just, I, I, I'm just telling you that Herod was a politician in every respect of the word. He was concerned about the polls. He was concerned about popularity. He was concerned about what, people, about what people think. In fact, if you study Herod out, we find out that Herod was very, very selfish and very, very maniacal. Preacher, what, what does that even mean? He was a raving maniac. He was a maniac. Did you know that if you go back and read history, the history tells us that Herod had a brother-in-law by the name of Aristobulus? And that Herod had his brother-in-law drowned in his own swimming pool in his palace. That Herod 
the king, put to death 46 members of the Sanhedrin that Herod the king killed his own mother-in-law. Don't get any ideas out there. (laughs) But it goes further than that. You wouldn't have wanted to be married to King Herod because the woman who was, he killed her as well. He killed his mother-in-law, killed his brother-in-law, killed 46 members of the Sanhedrin, and if that's not enough, killed two of his sons because he considered them to be potential rivals. Herod had 10 wives and many children from those 10 wives and Augustus, Caesar, and Augustus Caesar went down in history as saying this, that it's better to be Herod's dog than one of his children. Because if you're one of his children, you're probably gonna die because he saw you as a threat. You said, pastor, really bad. Yeah, really bad. In fact, we find here that Herod does the unthinkable. When the wise men come to seek out the Lord Jesus Christ, we find here that scripture tells us that he murders every little boy under the age of two years old in all of Judea. He murders every little boy. Can you imagine, church, can you imagine that? As you get a pounding on the door and you go to the door and there's a soldier there and they drag your little two-year-old out or less uh, and they, they kill your little baby, your little boy. Matthew chapter two tells us that. And yet, and yet, this is exactly when God chose to send a Savior into the world. Not in the days of Hezekiah, not in the days of Solomon, not in the days of Josiah when revival was breaking out, not in the days of Jehoshaphat when there was peace in the land, but he sent Jesus in the days of Herod. (laughs) You say, preacher, what are you getting so fired up about? Hey, Christian, Can I say this to you? When things fall apart, don't give up. When things get down, don't become discouraged. And I know that we all get discouraged, but I'm just saying this, don't stay there. When life seems to be coming apart at the seams, when it seems that there's nothing but hardship and difficulty, I want you to be sure that you do something. Hold on tight, hold on tight, because for the child of God, that's when a Savior's about to show up. I mean, just when things are tough, just when things are the darkest, just when the storm is at its worst. I mean, listen, just when it seems like the ground is about to open up and swallow you down, whatever you do, don't get discouraged, and don't you quit, and don't you back up, and don't you backslide. Why? Because I want to tell you, when the time is darkest, that's when a Savior is on his way. In the days of Herod. Oh, man, good night. If you don't get anything else, just get that. I mean, in the darkest, in the darkest of times, I mean, really, we almost read that and say, wow, Lord, really? I mean, in the days of Herod, when things couldn't be worse. And yet that's when God sends his Savior Hey, church, did you know something? Did you know that God doesn't need things to be peaceful to give you peace? Did you know that God doesn't need things to be restful to give you rest? 
And this is what I'm saying, and this is what I believe the Bible's teaching is here, that the difficult times, the difficult times, the discouraging times, the, the down times, the, the dark times, the times when it seems like, you know, I have enough money to, to meet all the bills, the times when somebody's sick, the time when your child has to go to the doctor, the time when the car gives up the ghost, the time when it just seems like everything's going to pot. I want to tell you what, hey, hang on tight, my dear friend, hang on tight, because that's just about the time when a Savior is going to make his way on the scene. Difficult times are when God does some of his most amazing handiwork. Can I mention, can I mention several things real quickly here today? How about this? Number one, in the difficult times, church, I want to encourage you by letting you know this. God hears your prayers. In the difficult times, God hears your prayers. Let me just read this for you. First John chapter five, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. He heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. In other words, when things are dark, when things are bleak, when things are discouraging, I got some great news. God hears your prayer. God hears it, you say. Preach, don't let anybody know. Yeah, he knows. Does Jesus care? Yes. I'm glad that your pastor can come here today and tell you, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're experiencing, but I'm glad I can tell you that there is a God that knows what you're going through and he knows what you're feeling and he knows the aching of your heart and he knows when you when you shed tears on your pillow and I'm telling you, brother, just in the midst of the darkest time, hang on tight and stay in there and serve God because it's then when a Savior's about to come. Psalm 34, 6, the Bible says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter two, and I wanna see if I can just at least open this point up just a little bit for you today. Maybe somebody needs to hear this this morning. How many remember the story of Moses? Y'all remember that? Exodus chapter two, we find that story. And we find here that that it's amazing that God at, at Israel's most difficult time, at Israel's most difficult time, God sent a deliverer. You say, preacher, difficult time. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt. They're working in the brickyards. I mean, they're up to their waist in mud and they're slaving for the Egyptians and they're eating what the Egyptians don't want to eat and the leftovers and, uh, and, it, and it's at this difficult, difficult time that God sends Moses. But here's what I want to show you, that the reason God sent Moses is because God heard the prayers of his people. Look at Exodus 2 and verse 23, the Bible says, and it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. Look at this. And they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God, what did he do? And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. Turn over one page. Look at Exodus chapter three and verse number seven. The Bible says, and the Lord said, I, I, I have surely seen, Exodus three, verse seven, 
And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. Look at this. And have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I'm come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. You say, preacher, what is your point? My point is this. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I know the Holy Spirit does. And there's somebody just as sure as I'm preaching this, there's somebody here today and you are going through the trial of your life. It's a family situation. It's a health situation. It's a financial situation. It's an emotional situation. It's a situation at, at, the, at, at the workplace. And, and you say, preacher, my life has never been so dark. Hey, I want to give you some great news. They just keep on calling out to God and keep on praying. Don't you stop praying. No, no, no. Don't you stop praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. You say, I know, preacher, but it's bad. Preacher, it's bad. Preacher, it's really bad. Keep on praying. Because I'm telling you, in the darkest of times, that's when the Savior hears your prayer. Many of you have heard that name, George Mueller. George Mueller. They say about George Mueller that he had 50,000 recorded answers to prayer. And I did not know this, but George Mueller was used of God to build five orphanages. And they say there were more than 10,000 young people who were cared for in those orphanages. In one specific story that I read about George Mueller, they said this, the house mother of the orphanage came to George Mueller and she said this, the children are dressed and ready for school, but there's no food for them to eat. And George asked her to take the 300 children into the dining room and have them sit at the tables. And as they did that, he thanked God for the food that they didn't have. He thanked God for the food and waited. George knew God would provide food for the children as he always did. Within minutes, a baker knocked on the door. Mr. Mueller, he said, last night I could not sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning. I got up and baked three batches for you. I'll bring it in. Soon there was another knock at the door. It was the milkman. His cart had broken down in front of the orphanage. The milk would spoil by the time the wheel was fixed. He asked George if he could use some free milk. George smiled as the milkman brought in 10 large cans of milk and it was just enough for the 30 thirsty or the 300 thirsty children. Hey, Calvary, good news. God hears your prayers. Even in the difficult times. You say, Pastor, it's not peaceful in my life right now. Well, hang in there. Doesn't have to be peaceful for God to answer your prayers. You say, Pastor, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty turbulent right now. Right now in my life, keep on praying. Because God hears your prayers in the difficult time. Can I say this real quickly? Not only that, but number two, in the difficult times, God provides you with grace. In the difficult times, God provides you with grace. Can I ask you a question? How does the world do it without Jesus? You, you want the answer to that? They don't. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Come and go with me and some of these preachers who do funeral service for lost people. 
And you just sit in the audience and judge the difference between a saved person's funeral and a lost person's funeral. And watch the family of a saved person that's went to heaven and a lost family whose loved one went to hell. And tell me if there's a difference. Oh, I got news for you. There's a big difference. You see, one of the things you'll find out with this saved family, even though they lost grandpa or they even lost dad or maybe they lost a wife or, or, or a child, you know, uh, uh, lost a child. And yet, yes, their heart is broken. And yes, they're aching. And yes, there's sadness. And yet, at the same time, there's a, there's a, there, there's a grace. And uh, there's a comfort. And there's a fulfillment. And, and there's a joy. Why? Because they know that this is not the end. They know that there's something else. They know that, 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 that the death, that death is not the end. That's not the stop sign. They know that there's a blessed hope. And that blessed hope is in heaven. Well, this is what I'm saying, church, that when you're going through your most difficult times, in the days of Herod, in the days of Herod, when things couldn't be worse, that's when God provides you with grace. I'm gonna remind you of a story in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. The Bible says that Paul, the apostle Paul, came to the Lord and he said, Lord, I've got a thorn. Now, truth of the matter is, nobody really knows what that thorn is. We have different Bible scholars who try to guess and they try to say, well, it was, you know, Paul's thorn in the flesh was this or Paul's thorn in the flesh was that. And, you know, maybe they're close to being accurate. I'm not sure. Some say that it was a demon that Paul was continuously dealing with. And others say it was a very serious eye condition and uh, Paul was not able to really see very clearly at all. Others say it was some type of an affliction or maybe even a temptation. But Paul came to the Lord and said, Lord, I've got a thorn. Lord, I've got this thorn that's bothering me. Take it away. And then he came back a second time and he said, Lord, I've got this thorn. Take it away. Scripture tells us that the apostle Paul came back the third time and he said, Lord, you know I've got this thorn. Take it away. And God came to Paul and said, Paul, I've heard your prayer. I know where you're at. Paul, I'm not gonna take your thorn away. But I tell you what it will do. I'll give you the grace to bear it. I'll give you a grace. I'll give you a grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. I'll give you a grace that'll help you to endure it. And Paul said, most gladly, therefore, will I I rather glory in my infirmities. You see, in the difficult times, God hears your prayers. In the difficult times, God provides you with grace. And we're done today. Last of all, in the difficult times, God offers you peace. You don't have to turn there necessarily, but Acts chapter 12 tells us an interesting story about another man by the name of Peter. Y'all remember that? By the way, Acts chapter 12 tells us also about a king by the name of Herod. <laughs> Not the same Herod that we're preaching about today. This was one of his descendants, but he was equally as ruthless. And the Bible says that Herod had killed James and he saw that that made him popular with the Jews. And so he apprehends Peter and he puts Peter into prison, chains him in between two guards and boy, they've got him under lock and key. And the Bible says the next day he was gonna bring him, Herod was gonna bring him out and Herod was gonna execute Peter. You know what our Bible tells us in Acts chapter 12? The Bible does say, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church to God for him. And so the church of Antioch, they were praying for Peter. That's an interesting story though, Acts chapter 12. 
the day before Peter is to be executed. You know what the Bible says? When the angel came to the prison, you know what Peter was doing? Biting his fingernails, asking somebody for a Valium. Anybody got, a Zanta- anybody got any Xanax out there, Xanax? Anybody got any Xanax? I mean, you got to help me. You gotta, he's going to kill me tomorrow. You got to help me. No. You know what the Bible says? That the apostle Peter was sleeping in between two guards, chained to these guards. He's sleeping. Next day, he's supposed to be executed. You know why? Because God comes out in the difficult times. And God had given Peter, God had given Peter peace Hey, church, this is all I'm saying. When the hard times come, when the days of Herod come, don't quit. When the days of Herod come, don't become discouraged. When the days of Herod come, and by the way, they will. They're coming. The days of Herod did not only come just in Jesus' day, they're coming your day. I hope this never happens, but you may hear cancer. You may hear that word. I hope this never happens, but you may lose a loved one. I hope it never happens. But you may get a knock on the door one day that says your child was in an accident or, 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 or you've got some type of, of an affliction or, or there's been a fire or there's been some kind of a tragedy. Oh, listen to me, church. This is all I'm saying. When that day comes, when the days of Herod come, don't you bail out and don't you get bitter. You get better. Because right smack dab in the midst of the difficult times, hallelujah, that's when the Savior's about to come out. John Patton was a missionary in the New Hebrides Islands. One night, hostile natives surrounded the mission station intent on burning out the Pattons and killing them. Patton and his wife prayed during that terror-filled night that God would deliver them. When daylight came, they were amazed to see their attackers leave. A year later, the chief of the tribe was converted to Christ. Remembering what had happened, Patton asked the chief what had kept him from burning down the house and killing them. The chief replied in surprise, who were all those men with you there? Patton knew no men were present, but the chief said he was afraid to attack because he had seen hundreds of big men in shining garments with drawn swords circling the mission station. You know what happened? In the days of Herod, a savior came. Hey, child of God, if you quit, if you leave the will of God because, God because life gets tough, you might miss seeing the miracles that God can do. That's the old story. I, I even hesitate. I even hesitate to give it. But I, I was trying to think, Lord, is there a story? Is there a story that sort of goes, goes along with this? And for some of our folks, it's very common, very familiar place. But I thought, you know what? This goes, this goes right here. He was the pastor of the Almighty God Tabernacle and had been there for a number of years. And one night, he was working late in the study. And he thought, you know, I better call my wife and I better let her know I'm, I'm gonna be late tonight. He knew his little wife was at the house and so he reached down and grabbed his office phone and he dialed his number and the phone rang and rang and she didn't pick up and, and it rang and rang and she didn't pick up and it rang and rang and she didn't pick up and he thought, where in the world is she? And so he just let it ring. I mean, it just rang and rang and rang and, and he just, he got a little aggravated and, and uh, just continued to let it ring off the hook and his wife never picked up and he thought, my goodness, he said, I know she's home. Where is she at? What is she doing? Well, he finally sort of 
hung the phone up abruptly and picked it back up, dialed the number, and it rang one time, and his little wife picked up and said, hello. He said, where have you been? And she said, honey, what are you talking about? He said, I just called the house, and he said, I let it ring off the ever-loving hook, and he said, you never picked up. She said, sweetheart, are you okay? She said, this phone didn't ring not one time. I've been here the whole time, been right here by the phone, and Man, he was confused, and he thought, what in the world? And so he just wrote it off and went on. It was about two days later, he was in the office again, and his phone rang. He said, hello, Almighty God Tabernacle. And the voice on the other end said, why did you call me the other night? And the pastor said, excuse me? He said, why did you call me the other night? And the preacher said, sir, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't call you. He said, oh, yes. He said, I, I was at the end of my rope. My wife had left me. He said, I didn't feel like there's anything worth living for. He said, I just, I was as discouraged as I've ever been in my life. And I just felt like, you know what? There's nothing worth going forward for. And he said, I went in the bedroom, got my revolver. I loaded my revolver up. And he said, I'm standing in my living room. And he said, I took that loaded revolver. And he said, I put it to my head. And he said, I'm about to pull the trigger. And he said, just emotionally, he said, I just cried out. And I said, God. God, if you even care and you don't want me to do this, show me a sign. And he said, all of a sudden, my phone started ringing. And he said, I never moved. I never took the gun down. He said, I was applying pressure to the trigger, getting ready to pull the trigger. And I thought, it'll stop in just a moment. It'll stop. And as soon as it stops, I'm going to pull the trigger. And he said, it kept ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. And he said, finally, he said, I took the gun away from my temple. And he said, I looked down at the caller ID. And how many know on the caller ID, sometimes it has to shrink the name down to get it into the box. And this is what his phone said, call from Almighty God. That man said he began to shake. He said, I've never got a call from Almighty God. But he said, if God cares enough to call me on the telephone, then evidently I shouldn't take my life. And he said, I put that gun down and he said, I'm still alive today. And then that pastor thought, that's it. That's what it was. I dialed the wrong number. No, he didn't dial the wrong number. He dialed the right number. He dialed the right number. He didn't know that, but he dialed the right number. Why? I'll tell you why. Because in that man's darkest moment, in the valley, in the storm, in the downtime of his life, boy, thank God, in the days of Herod, a Savior showed up. And I don't know who you are, and I don't know what you need today, but I want to tell you, whatever you do, don't get discouraged. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. Because I believe we're living in the last days, and I believe Jesus is about to come. And I'm telling you, in your darkest time, hallelujah, I got great news. He's going to hear and answer your prayers. Father, we love you. Thank you so much. Lord, for the privilege to be back in your house today. Wow. Wow. In the days of Herod. What a time for Savior to be born.
in such an evil day? Lord, in such a dark day? Lord, when it seemed like to all the Jewish people that literally it was about as bad as it could ever get. And yet that's when a Redeemer came. Wow. Wow. Father, I don't know who you want me to preach this message for today. But I feel like it's somebody. Someone in this crowd this morning struggling with something. The devil has come. Try to get him discouraged. Trying to get him quit to quit. Oh God. Trying to get him to backslide. Trying to get him bitter. Trying to get them indifferent with the Lord. Father, today, would you help them to be encouraged and to realize that even in the darkest of days, <laughs> oh, hallelujah, you hear and answer our prayers. Thank you, Lord. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Folks are making their way to the altars already. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, how many times, how many times in my darkest days you showed up? How many times, Lord, when I needed encouragement? Lord, just in the nick of time, Lord, your grace came through. Lord, do that for somebody here today, please. Heads about, eyes are closed. Would you do me a favor? Let's all stand around the house this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. How many are here this morning would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that I know that I know that I know that I am on my way to heaven. Between you and the Lord, you know that. That's you. Would you just give the Lord a testimony by slipping your hand up? Pastor, I know. Thank the Lord. You can lower your hands. But let me ask a second question. How many are here today and you'd say, preacher, in all honesty, I couldn't raise my hand. I'm not sure of heaven, pastor. I am not sure of heaven. Preacher, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me right now. If that's you, I want you right now just to slip your hand up. Say, preacher, it's me. I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Raise it really, really high. And sort of wave at me, wave at me. Preacher, I'm not sure about heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one here this morning, anywhere at all? Pastor, remember me. I see a hand. Is there another? Anybody else? Anybody else? Just raise it real high and wave it at me. Preacher, I'm not sure about heaven. Anybody else? All right. Let me ask you this. How many are here today? would say, Pastor, nobody knows, maybe, necessarily in this church. Maybe you don't know. Man, I'm facing, we're facing something right now. The Lord knows. But I'm facing something right now, and preacher, I need, I need all the encouragement I can get. God knows what it's about. And if that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed, God knows. You just slip your hand up right now, and you'd say, Pastor, remember me. God knows what it's about. Remember me, remember me, remember me. God bless you and you and you and you. And God bless you. God bless you and you back there right here. 
Somebody over here. Who else? Pastor, I'm going through something right now. It's dark. I mean, it's, we're just, we're, we're, in a, we're in a turbulent time. And I need, I need prayer. I need prayer this morning. You slip your hand up. I see that hand. Is there another? Anywhere else? Is there another? All right. Here's what we're going to do. If you're here this morning and you say, Preacher, I really need prayer. I really, really need somebody to help me get a hold of heaven. I'm going to invite you to come. And we've got some folks down here in the altar with a Bible. And they would love to, to just call out to heaven with you today and pray with you over your burden. You're here this morning. You say, Brother Pope, I am battling with an addiction with some type of a, a bondage in my life and God knows what it's about and preacher, I'm ready to get it behind me and go on for the cause of Christ, all right? If that's you, in just a moment, I want you to come and we wanna pray and we wanna believe God for deliverance for you today. So Father, have your way in this invitation. Thank you for those that God have come, those that you're dealing hearts with, we, we thank you for that. God, right now, work in hearts, Save the lost. I think about this hand that I saw go up about salvation. Father, save the lost today. Help them know you'll save them. On this December the 18th, 2022, help them know you'll save them. God, draw them to yourself, please. And Father, we sure thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If we can help you, pray about your burden, about your issue right now. Would you slip out? You know what? With heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe somebody's here today. Says, Preacher, I just need to get right with God. Preacher, I just need to get right with the Lord. Okay? Come on. Altars are open. Will you come while we wait? Will you come? Just need to rededicate my life to Christ. sing this little chorus. It says, all to Jesus I surrender. Altars are open if you need to come. We've got some folks here that'll meet you and greet you. Pray with you today. Especially if you need to be saved. Whatever you do, don't you miss this opportunity. Don't, don't leave here without a Savior today. He wants to save you. Let's we'll sing it together. All to Jesus I surrender. that last part. Let's sing it again. Here we go. Ready? I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Father, thank You 
thank you for this great reminder today that Lord, just when we need you, thou art present. Lord, the writer of Hebrews said it like this about the Lord, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God, I'm so glad that in our darkest times, we have a Savior. Father, right now, as we pause just for another moment, if there's one more individual that needs to make a move for the Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would work in their heart. Father, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know. So many hearts here today. Maybe there's someone that needs to rededicate their life to Christ. Maybe they're saved, just as saved as they can be. But Lord, something happened and they wandered away from the will of God. And today they need to rededicate their life to Jesus Christ. Lord, it's Matthew, leaving all, just leaving all and following him. Help them to do it today. Father, you've been faithful to us. Help us to be faithful to you. Maybe there's someone here that's been saved, but they've never, they've never taken that next step of believer's baptism. They need to make themselves a candidate for baptism. Could be somebody here today, Lord, that you're dealing with their heart about joining the church. So Lord, just right now in the quietness of the moment, if there's one other decision that needs to be made, I pray you'd help folks to come. And I thank you for it, Lord. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And just as we bring this thing to a conclusion, anybody else? We still have a few folks getting, getting some help today. Folks calling the prayer line. Wonderful, wonderful. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today by way of live stream, there's a number on the bottom of your screen. Please call right now, 704-327-5662. We have some wonderful, wonderful people waiting by the phone right now. They want to take your call, okay? Please call us. Anybody else right before we go? Oh, there ain't nothing like serving Jesus. Nothing like serving God. 